So if you haven't heard about him already, there's a man named Jordan Peterson taking the world by storm. You can hear his podcasts on you, uh, or you can hear his podcast and his YouTube things that are downloaded millions and millions of times. Just out of curiosity, does anybody know who Jordan Peterson is? All right. He's a psychologist who gives popular talks on everything from taking responsibility in your life to in-depth Bible studies. He tours the world and gives talks, just talks. There's no special effects or anything going on. He's largely just standing behind a microphone giving a talk to thousands of people in theaters. And the audience tends to be, but is not entirely, uh, young adult men. Although I may not agree with him 100% of the time, and he does not claim to be, he is about the most Catholic and popular and brave speaker out there. Just what he has to say just fits in most of the time, the vast majority of the time, 99% of the time, is, might as well just be a Catholic priest speaking. He almost always ends his talks with a question and answer session. And one question that comes up an awful lot is, do you believe in God? And although he more recently nodded to the affirmative that he's a Christian, he most likely will say that he doesn't like to answer that question and will reply, well, what do you mean by believe in? And what do you mean by God? It seems like such an easy answer, to, uh, easy question to answer, right? If someone would ask me, Father Valentrek, do you believe in God? I would say unequivocally, yes. But he does have a good point. When I say yes, I mean what I mean by believe in and what I mean by God, and perhaps not exactly the same thing that the person who is asking me the question means. There's a lot going on in that seemingly simple question than first appears. Reminds me of another podcast which I was listening to when I was going on a dog walk. It was a lady telling the story about her life. And she says, since she was a little girl, she wanted to be in customer service, helping people, and, and what she really, her big dream was, to become an airline attendant. And she finally got the job when she got older and went in for the training. And she said they taught her everything that she needs to know, first aid how to run her parts of the plane and other parts of the plane in case of an emergency, what to do in an emergency, how to help people in an emergency. And on their graduation day, she and all the other attendants were there, and the president of the company comes up and, and speaks to them and says, you know, we have taught you all the mechanics that you need to know to be a good airline attendant, but you're going to provide something that we can't teach you. Smile and be kind. No matter what, just smile and be kind. And she thought, excellent. That is exactly what I want to do. That's who I am. And I look forward to being the face of this company as we go forward to greet all the wonderful people going on vacation with a smile and to be kind to them. And she went to work and discovered something perhaps you might have already thought about, people can be really, really mean and unreasonable. No matter how big of a smile you have on your face and no matter how kind you are, some people will be, will be rude and demanding and thoughtless. 
And she talked about one particular low point where there was a gentleman on one of her flights who was having a heart attack. And they got him out of his seat and they laid him down on the floor and uh, she was trying to assist him and they opened up his shirt and they got the defibrillators and put him on him and were trying to get his heart going again. And she said as she was kneeling there over this guy, someone kept pulling on her sleeve. And she turned and said, just a minute, ma'am and went back to the guy and said, pulled on her sleeve again. He said, ma'am, I promise I'll be with you in a little bit. And went back to the guy and she felt the pull again. And she thought, oh, maybe she can assist her. Maybe she's a doctor and knows what she's doing. Or maybe she's having an emergency too. So she turned away from the guy she was trying to help save the life and says, ma'am, what is it? What can I help you with? He says, that coffee you served me was cold. So someone asked her to smile and be kind. And without thinking, she said, yes, of course I can do that. But did she realize exactly what that meant? It meant being kind even when others are not, when it seemed they're doing everything to thwart your attempt at being kind. So today in the gospel, Jesus says to us, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. And are you up to that? And hopefully all of us without thinking would say, sure, let's do it. And maybe we would all admit, at least I would admit, that I'm not going to be perfect at it. Occasionally I'm going to fail terribly, but basically, yes. All right, Jesus, love one another as you have loved us. But it might be wise not to say yes too lightly. This is no small thing. You're asked to do something that's actually quite extraordinary. Like the fine print on a contract, we might want to look over the details here. Like Jordan Peterson, we might want to ask the question, okay, what do you mean by that? First of all, Jesus says that it's going to be a commandment. Not a suggestion, not a nice thing that it might be, we might want to try to do, at least to the people we like, a commandment, something we must do, love. First of all, a good portion of us can't live with our parents for the first 18 years of our life. I mean, these are the people who fed us, clothed us, nursed our boo-boos, gave us an allowance, in some cases paid for our schools, you know, celebrates our birthday for us. And after 18 years, he says, I love my parents, but I can't live with them anymore. Or marriage, it sounds like it should be the easiest thing in the world. All you gotta do is find somebody you love and love them for the rest of your life. And here Jesus is saying, love one another. Not just those who are really good to you and not just those who you happen to like, but also the Judases, the Roman soldiers that are in our lives. Can you love people like that? Is it hypocritical? Is it hypocritical for that airline attendant to be kind even when other people are thoughtless or if she didn't feel like it? She was called to be kind and we have a similar calling. It's an extremely easy thing to make the world a worse place. Every human being has an immense capacity 
to make just about every situation horribly worse. There is no situation so bad that throwing a little bit more gasoline on it won't make it even worse. But if we can do that, then we also have the capacity for doing more noble things, bringing healing and hope. Last night, I had the most biz uh, bizarre dream, and maybe I had it last night just for the purpose of this homily. I had a dream that I was walking down one of our Metro Park paths, and I felt something hit me in the back of the leg, and I turned around, and it's a guy on a bicycle, presumably nudging me so he could get around, and uh, I have a short fuse, so I was like, Ugh. and he was like, what? I didn't hit you that hard. And I, oh, in the dream, I just wanted to punch him. And, and something came over me, and I just stuck out my hand like this and shook his hand. And it kind of threw both of us. And, and during the, it was a long dream. I won't go into all the details. <laughs> but at the end of the dream, it turned out that he'd been thinking about the priesthood. And at that point, we were like, oh, well, contact me. We'll get together. You know, I want to... I was dreaming about this homily. Could have made things a lot worse. We could have ended up in a fist fight, right? Probably wouldn't work that way. No, as a matter of fact, it has worked that way. I told you this story before. Father Pfeiffer, oh, it's so hard going, walking around downtown Cleveland with Father Pfeiffer because someone will always stop him and want to talk to him. And not people he knows, you know, people who, it's just bizarre. And I'll just keep walking. I'll see you at the restaurant, All right? So one time we were downtown Cleveland and we were going to go get a cup of coffee and uh, we're crossing the street and, I, and this guy comes up to us and says, are you guys Roman Catholic priests? And I said, yeah. And I stuck out my hand and I said, I'm Father Valenchek. And he turned away and he said, I hate priests and kept walking across the street. Well, it turns out he was going to the exact same coffee shop that we were going to. And we were in there and finally Father Pfeiffer couldn't take it anymore. And he turns and says, so why do you hate priests? And he gets into this whole thing about how uh, uh, religious people bring the most harm into the world and isn't it terrible? And you know, I'm an atheist and atheists are really what is bringing hope and love and peace into the world. And they were debating for a while. And then I finally said, you know, that's very interesting you say that, but when I stuck out my hand to shake your hand, who turned around and said they hated you? And he, he should have seen the, his shoulders relaxed. He got this big smile on his face, and then we started talking. He says, you got me. The commandment is to stop the downward spiral, to refuse to take part in it and do something better, to make that choice despite the suffering and miserableness of this world. I'm going to choose something noble, even and especially when it is difficult. Jesus said to love as he loved you, who forgave those who treated him poorly, lived with those who betrayed him, and died for us when we betrayed him with our sins. God never stops loving even when he disciplines. And this is a tall order. And how many organizations can you name where people in a small geographical area come together minimally once a week to talk about love and what it means and how we can bring healing to the world, to find support when it is difficult, healing when we are at fault, and rejoice when we are blessed in love? Such is Christ's commandment to the role of his church, 
to love one another as he gave himself in the Eucharist. Yesterday, it was the ordination for the priests in the Diocese of Cleveland. Nine men were ordained in our diocese yesterday. You know one of them, uh, uh, David Stave, now Father David Stavars. He's been on our altar a lot. He spent a number of summers with us. And last night I was at his reception and he stood up uh, to give a talk to everyone. And it was interesting. He stood alone wasn't surrounded by family, you know, he didn't have a wife standing at his side. He was just there saying how blessed he felt to now be a priest and to serve this community, to serve the diocese. And I was just looking at him, standing alone as a servant leader, servant being the first word, servant leader. And it reminded me of a, a uh, bumper sticker I saw driving home from the ordination yesterday. Someone had a bumper sticker that said, goalie dad, like in soccer, goalie dad. And I said, I wonder what that is. And it says, we stand alone. You know, there are some things that only a dad can do for his family. And when he does that, he stands alone. And I was looking at him standing there alone, goalie priest. He's going to stand alone for the rest of his life to serve his community. And people will constantly be coming to him with their needs. And at the Mass, they will say to him, today for the first time, I'm going to be there at 11 o'clock. You're invited, St. Francis de Sales. May the Lord accept this sacrifice at your hands for our good and good of the whole church. People will look to him when they are in need, in need and he's going to be called to love them even when, and especially when, they are difficult to love. And at least in part, that is what is meant by love one another, which really is the calling of all of us who call ourselves Christian. <laughs>